30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard If you're listening to this, the magic is working. But whose magic? Mine? Yours? Some nefarious global conspiracy of reptilian overlords? Or a benevolent choir of crystalline dolphin angels helping humanity evolve from their lofty perch in the seventh dimension? Who's to say? Whatever magic is afoot, it bubbles under the surface of the seemingly innocuous events that led you to listen in at this moment, and which likewise led me to speak these very words. This podcast is a ritual because it is my belief that we're linked together by this magic, that its tendrils sprawl in countless directions, inviting us to trace our own route through its infinite web of potentialities and possibilities. And when you participate, when you take intentional action, you shake the web and all the other glistening jewels of conscious awareness respond in kind. Which is all a very abstract and mystical-sounding way to say, we're in this together. Today's episode flows forth from a magic that extends beyond me. Normally, as your humble wizard, I do play an outsized role in this ritual, finding guests, writing intros, and shaping the words that make their way into your eardrums. But today, in this episode, I was fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of someone else's destiny, answering their call to adventure with a simple, sure, come on over. Diego Galan is an experimental musician and writer from Mexico City. A few weeks ago, Diego emailed me out of the blue asking for an opportunity to come on the podcast and share a few thoughts. I could tell Diego was taking a chance, reaching outside of his comfort zone, and as a wizard, I wanted to reward him for his pluck and gumption. So I said yes. But my caveat was that the how-to of the episode had to be how to get on a wizard's podcast. And he was welcome to come and share his thoughts as long as he did it through the lens of a strange meta self-reflection of which we wizards are so, so very fond. And Diego said yes. And thus the conversation you're about to hear is the product of our mutual affirmation, of reaching out into the void and being delighted when the void high-fives you. And there's no such thing as a one-sided high-five. So just as much as this was a leap of faith for Diego, it was also quite serendipitous for me, seeing as we're approaching the two-year anniversary of this podcast as a ritual, and I'm trying to extend the ownership of this ritual's magic to all of you everyone who's listening and participating and speaking the magic words along with us. I'm working on some special magic for our anniversary episode, which I'll be releasing November 30th. And I need your help. I'm asking you, anyone and everyone hearing these words, to call the wizard hotline 
and leave a message. You can say anything at all. The content is not important, but the intent, the action, the refusal to passively let these words pass you by, but instead step boldly into the flowing current of magic and scream triumphantly into the void, whatever you want the void to hear. So pause this episode right now, take a deep breath, and give us a call at 860-415-6009. Don't put it off. Don't tell yourself you'll do it later this week. Do it now. Give us a call. Seize your destiny at 860-415-6009 so that you too can truly understand how to get on a Wizards podcast. Well, hello, Diego. Hi, Devin. How Welcome to Ritual Space, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. What is our magic word going to be today? Mm, I've been thinking, I, I like the word silencio. Silencio. Ooh, that is good. So on the count of three, one, two, three, silencio. silencio. Beautiful. Now, why has that word been the one that you've been thinking about? I've been thinking about that word a lot because I'm a noisy person. I I'm always I, I always like having music and, and noise around because it makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you know, in the late the last year, it's it's been weird being alone and, and in quarantine and trying to stay alone and that is too much noise now so i try to go the opposite way and find myself in in more silent spaces and trying to shut up and just listen that's beautiful i was actually doing a little um kind of weird uh divination for myself the other week and I was using multiple decks that I have of basically, you know, uh, kind of a combination reading. And the center card was from uh, this deck that I really enjoy. That's from the children's anime program, Card Captor Sakura. And mm-hmm. it's the cloud card. So the whole anime is about her like tracking down these sort of like sentient magical cards. Um, but they released a toy version, you know, a, a deck that you could buy. Um, and I love appropriating weird uh, novelty toys and things for magical purposes. And the deck's really cool because they're all like these kind of archetypal images and um, characters. And the one that I drew in the center of this reading, it was only a three card reading, was Silence. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm excited to explore uh, what what that means because there's so much in Silence. Yeah. I. I oh now that you talk about divinations, I, I also tried to get into that this year. Mm-hmm. And I tried to use that I Ching, uh, that old, I think mm-hmm. it's Chinese, uh, ancient Yeah, it's book. a very, very ancient Chinese one. I've, I've read that it comes from the original thing was they were burning tortoise shells and looking at the cracks. And then eventually yeah. that led to these hexagram patterns. And then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I love that whole thing and the tortoise thing you just mentioned was really beautiful. I got into it because of John Cage, the the musician and composer, and he, you know, has this obsession with silence. But I think as much as sometimes we understand things and we recognize we like them, we sometimes don't delve into them. And I realized that, oh, yeah, I love this whole, you know, silence theory of John Cage and all this, but I never really 
got into it, like really confronted myself with it. And it's been weird, <laughs> but it's been, it's been cool. Right before I got onto this call, I was scrolling through um, Facebook, which is a habit I would like to do less. And I saw someone posting in one of these, you know, occult spirituality groups. They're like, I'm currently reading two books, but I just got this new book on emptiness in Buddhism. And I wanted to like recommend it to people, even though I hadn't started reading it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this person is already reading two other books and then is now promoting a book that they haven't read on emptiness. And I feel like that's very emblematic of this thing that we do where we're like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. Silence. Yeah. And then we buy the shirt or the book or the thing that we think encapsulates the idea, but it's a different thing to like really sink in and practice it and let it kind of marinate and, um, and show you something. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's so hard. And, and especially because we have like literally the whole history of humanity behind us. Right. So yep. I, I often get frustrated because I'm like, I want to listen to all the music there is out there or watch all the movies and I think like I can't die before I listen to everything but of course it's a you know like fatal pursuit so sometimes I get frustrated that I, that I I'm like oh yeah I love you know the turning floor elevators and then I don't listen to them for a year and I'm like well maybe I don't like them that much like it's giving yourself a time to actually you know delve deep into those things we like it's it's hard actually yeah, we don't we don't run into walls in the same way. Like when I was a teenager and I would go to the video store, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm into Kung Fu movies because I watched um, like Shaolin Executioner or something and it was like blew my mind. And I was like, great, I want to watch more Kung Fu movies. And I went to the video store until I'd rented all of their old Shaw Brother Kung Fu movies. And I was like, cool, that's <laughs> that's the end until like, oh, wait, now I have Netflix and I can go and see what's on Netflix. And that is a lot more. But now it's just so infinite and there's not, I think, that comfort of being like, ah, I've read all of the books by this author. And it's like, ugh, but there's just more and more and more. And you go to Amazon and you go to find one book and it's like, here's 30 other books that are very similar. And you're like, oh, shit, should I, do I need to read those too? Like, it's very hard to just take a bite. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically talking about books, I've, I've encountered that whole thing lately, like, I got a subject that I'm interested in and I can't feel comfortable with myself like saying, oh, I know about this if I feel like I haven't got all the information. Mm -hmm. But of course, I'm, I'm not going to. Sometimes I just don't care anymore, you know, but like you, you read two books on the same subject and it's like, OK, I know I don't get it fully, but 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 maybe I have to take a break. Like it's yeah. it's hard to be that, you know, like being one space and, and just live in that context for so long, even though we want it, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I ran into that with hypnosis where I love studying it, I'm interested in the topic and then trying to read multiple books on it in a row, I'm just like, okay, like I, I'm, here's another history of it, here's another explanation. Like it, it gets harder and harder to find the new thing that's exciting in the, in the text rather than kind of the rehash ideas again and again. But that's yeah you know breadth and depth it's uh it's the balancing act that we are we're all struggling with these days yeah so this is an interesting podcast because you reached out to me and you were taking um is it is it fine if i call it like i think you used the words leap of faith um in, in your email 
But um, you reached out saying, hey, I'm listening to the podcast and I would uh, have some ideas that I want to share and I want to talk about and I would love the opportunity to come on. And I thought that that was really interesting. And I, you know, we went back and forth a little bit and then I said, sure, come on. But I have to do my wizardly duty and make it a meta mindfuck. We can't just talk about some random topic. I have to make it about <laughs> what it takes to, to get onto a wizard's podcast. So I'm curious if you can just give us a little bit of backstory about um, everything that led up to, to you writing that initial email. Yeah, I sometimes think I, I go around stories like this into great detail just because that's the way I kind of think, but I'll try to be efficient because it's a really long story. But um, so yeah, like uh, I tend to try to listen to all the music you know, uh, that comes out on, on a year just because I really need to know what's happening right now, mm -hmm. like in, in the music world. And I got around to listening to Chaotic Good from Johanna Warren. And I saw her sharing on Instagram that she was on your show. And I was really like interested in the name of the show itself. And, and when I went into your you know, to your show and to your, all your social media and that stuff. Like I was really taken by the whole ethos around it, I guess. And it, it was weird because I think you sent me a message through social media that said, like, if you need a wizard, just call or something like that. I, I, I might be quoting that message wrong. <laughs> I did send you that message. That's right. I'd forgotten about that, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, I, I don't want to say weirded out in a, like a, like a creepy sense, but I was weirded out because I've been struggling a lot with like putting myself out there in social media and trying to move, you know, like the things that I do and try to conversate with people because sometimes I feel like it's it's difficult for me to feel like I'm being an intruder rather than, you know, social. Mm -hmm. And But that message really took me at a time that I was like having a lot of I guess, inner dialogue in me. And I was getting tired of myself, like talking to myself, just talking to myself. And, and I, uh, and I just like got that sense of that message. And I was like, Oh, let me, you know, check out the page and the page. I think that now in, in retrospect, I might have read it wrong, <laughs> but I got the sense of the podcast. Like it was like this kind of crowd uh, community, audience sourcing thing and i was like oh well maybe this is a, a good thing that i can put out there and and, and try to connect with somebody and, and try to have a conversation because i really enjoy conversation and i enjoy conversation yeah. too and i think um i i just want to interject here to say a couple of things because I think we all get in our own heads and we, you know, I'll, 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 for those of you who remember going to a party with uh, live human beings in the same room and not wearing masks, you know, you can have that experience of kind of wandering around the party being like, oh, I don't know anybody here. Who should I talk to? And that other person that you see standing across the wall might be thinking the same thing. And people are actually like more open and they're like, oh, that was so nice for you to like come and chat with me. It's like a relief. It wasn't an intrusion. And so I'm, I have a very love-hate relationship with social media, but uh, my partner encouraged me. She's like, oh, when you get a new follow, like, you know, send them a little message. And I was like, well, 
I really want to be people's wizard. I really want, you know, if someone needs something like, you know, please ask me, that's, that's what I'm here for. And so I started sending that message out and it was kind of magical. Like, you know, instead of just getting a follow and you're like, oh, who's this person? And you look at their thing for a second and then you go on with your life. It was interesting that it started opening up conversations and people would say, oh, hey, I found you in this crazy way. Like, that's so awesome that you like, you know, wrote back. And in this particular moment right now, we're approaching the second year anniversary of the podcast. And I'm really trying to think about how to make it more connective. Um, you know, I really believe in the idea of participation in the ritual. So um, I think it's one of these things where you and I are both in our own little circles running around. And then uh, just that that daring moment, that leap of faith, that uh, saying, fuck it, I'm just going to reach out. And, you know, what's the worst that happens? Someone says no. And that creates the opportunity for our circles to merge. And now we're in this cool figure eight shape where uh, there's just a lot more possibility there. Yeah. And, and if I'm being totally honest, like I think that like a lot of people, I've gotten really cynical about social social media because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I kind of work in the marketing advertising industry sometimes. And that's all about that, right? Like making connections, but it's not always like truthful. Yeah. And and sometimes I, I think like in a, in a normal scenario, I wouldn't have read that message in the way I read it at that point in time, because I would have been cynical about it, you know, like not knowing you and not knowing everything about you. But but at that specific moment in time, I, I wasn't cynical and, and it was a great thing. And I, I just I would just say that something else that really kind of made me feel Uh, more intrigued by this whole experience was that when I wrote that email to 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 first contact you, I wrote that thing of leap of faith <laughs> because I thought that was what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then I I listened to your hotline with Wizard Hotline episode, the first one, and Rosie, the this guy who was on the Georgia mountains. Yeah. And, and called you used the same word like leap of faith. And I it that just broke me in a good way but it just like really it was bad I, I had to stop the podcast and really like take a minute there because of course Rosie wow. was a really strong story and when he yeah. used the word leap of faith I was just broken wow that's amazing um yeah I think I think one of my mantras since I started this has been everything leads to something and What I mean by that is that I think there's the cultural expectation of like, like, so I got written up in the New York Times and, you know, people would think like, oh my God, that's going to be this huge thing. And you're going to have like inquiries pouring in left and right. And like, that wasn't the case at all. Like it was actually pretty minor, but something came out of that and that something led to something else and that something led to something else and so on and so forth. And so I think what's amazing right now is we're talking about this constellation of people who have never been in the same room together. But because Johanna Warren reached out and came on my podcast, because Rosie called into the Wizard Hotline, that leads to this moment right here. And I think that's a really beautiful illustration of these uh, webs of connection that we're all a part in. But those strands can be very invisible sometimes, which can lead to us feeling isolated and lonely and not appreciating um, actually all the invisible support that's around us. Yes, and, and it's been in my own like little world and little experience, I think that's been really something I've tried to confront myself with because I felt like, like I said, like I've gotten really, gotten really cynical and, and really 
suspicious about these kind of things, especially mm -hmm. in the internet. Oh yeah. But you know, sometimes you have to kind of, I guess, like forget all that, like suspicions and cynicisms to kind of reconnect with, with that thing. Not that I have done it like to the extent that I would want to, but it's, I, I've, I've definitely, like you said, like started feeling that actual connection to other people who I might never know like personally, but I, I kind of got that like experience again. I mean, it, it, it's such a hard balance for all of us right now because I think the internet is designed to distract us, to pull us into these different rabbit holes, to make us click these things. It's really designed to exploit our human psychology. And sometimes on the other end of that screen is a group of people that don't care about you. You're a data point. They're trying to exploit you. And we need to build up our own immune system to not fall for that. Like a few years ago, or like a decade ago now, I remember when there was the explosion of clickbait and things like BuzzFeed were suddenly saying, you know, 10 sexy koalas that you won't believe. And people were like, oh, I got to find that out. Or like, you know, number four is a doozy. And you're like, what's number four? And then over time, we developed an immune system to that where we say, oh, that's clickbait. It's, it's obviously spam trash. I'm not going to click that in the same way. Or at least some people have. Other people are still falling for it. But within that mix, within that cacophony of craziness, there are other people that are floating around. And it's really special when, you know, you're in Mexico City, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and we get to share a conversation and connection. And so I don't think anyone's figured out how to uh, separate the good from the bad right now. It's like... You can't, uh, you can't make a, a dating app that's only wonderful, authentic connection and doesn't end up with a bunch of um, people ghosting each other and so on. Yeah, I, I, I also feel in that same kind of vein of what you're, you're talking about, like, it's not just like the internet, right? Like we have so much things to kind of appreciate and, and, and focus on that really like making those incisive cuts and precisive cuts into what's actually meaningful and what's just made out to be that great thing. Like everything right now is like selling an experience or something really humane, right? But, but actually like cutting through that fabric and, and finding that special little thread. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of think that I agree with you and, and I would just say like, I think we all owe it to ourselves to <laughs> have that responsibility of like, really trying to find those little, little, little things. I, uh, the metaphor I always think about is the forest and uh, the forest evolved over millions and millions and millions of years without thinking about human beings as a target. So there's flowers that smell good and those attract pollinators like birds and bees, uh, butterflies that kind of thing. There's berries. Some of them are poison to prevent you from eating them. Some are sweet. So you're encouraged to eat them and spread the seeds. Like there's this whole thing and humans came in and we were able to figure out what the pattern was and then exploit that for our benefit. Now we're in this very new situation where it's a forest that has learned to target us specifically. And so we're, we're not the uh, apex predator anymore. That's probably like, you know, uh, marketing agencies are higher on the food chain than us, but that doesn't mean that every berry is poison or that every berry is sweet. It means that we still need to figure out that discernment to 
um, spot the authenticity. And that's so hard because as soon as one person does something authentic, somebody else could come along and say, oh, I'm going to make this podcast as a magic ceremony and just like copy what Devin's doing, but then like use that to like sell my... <laughs> my weird multi-level marketing scheme, you know, like anything that feels authentic can then be um, exploited. Um, and so it's a, it's a really weird evolutionary arms race right now. Um, but anyways, I, I appreciate that you were able to peer through the forest and, and find the, the sweet berry that is this ritual. And I really resonated with what you said a little while ago about having all these thoughts and just like, they're just sloshing around your own head. And I think that's um, one of the reasons I became a wizard. This was like, man, I think about magic all the time. It would be great if I could talk to more people about it. So I would love to hear uh, what's been on your mind lately and some of the thoughts that you wanted to share on the podcast. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot, right? Like <laughs> it's it's too much, but trying yes. to keep that- Do your brain in, in, in the next five minutes, please. Yes, okay. I, I, a daunting task. <laughs> Yeah, like I think it, it goes in hand in hand with, with what we're saying, right? Like what is actually like the, that thread that we can follow. And I, I'm not, I guess that what it's been predominantly in my mind right now is, you know, I won't say any names and I would like to say that I'm really not a political person. <laughs> but, you know, I think that here in Mexico, we have our own things going on, but we always have that connection to, you know, American life and what's going on in America. And America seems to be like the center of the world in terms of whether we like it or not, like something we constantly watch. Yeah. And it's the best soap opera on TV. I, I, you know, like since it's been four years that I won't mention any names, but you know, it's been a very bad energy in general, and it's been really destructive and really hard to navigate through that kind of polarization and horrible things that happened in those four years. And mm -hmm. maybe we're finally getting out of that. And like I said, I, I really don't care about naming names or speaking about politics, but what's I, I kind of got like so tired of that whole like discussion of like oh well we have this group and this group thinks this and and this other group understands that and hates this and and, and i just kept like hearing the same things over and over and over again from all kinds of people and i just began thinking like well maybe now that this is maybe ending like this small little chapter uh we can now have to take the responsibility of going into this new decade, whatever, you know, time and and, and, the, and the calendar it says, like we can maybe use this time to talk to those people we haven't talked to, right? Like we know what we think when we're with our friends and when we're with people who think the same way that we do, but we actually haven't talked in a while to our like neighbors, right? Like. Of mm -hmm. these people we really don't talk to anymore and i guess it's re been really frustrating for me because like i'm so like scared of how hateful we, we've all become of one another and i get it like i understand why and how it is important to say something but i think it's time we kind of start talking to 
the people we haven't talked to instead of our own kind of you know little tribes it's 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 been weird it's super weird i, I you know the, the political version of it is the one that's dominating everybody's consciousness it's it's addictive it's it's reality tv it's 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 all consuming but I think the polarization that you're talking about is really the, the main problem. Like if you imagine living in a small town that has two high schools with two soccer teams or, or you know, hockey teams or whatever sport you want to imagine, and one player does something shitty in one game and injures another player on the other team, and then that team's mad and they get vengeance and then they're accusing each other of cheating. And then it gets so extreme that like people will attack you know, someone wearing a jersey of the other team in a grocery store, like that town would be so fucked up. It would be so hard to live in a place like that was so polarized over something that's like supposed to be a game. And I know that politics is quote unquote, not a game. And it's, uh, it's, it's really important, but that polarization is just awful. And um, it's, it's, it's really, really destructive and, yeah, I think I think the idea of talking to your neighbors is great. It's one of the things that I love about being in Kentucky is I've had more contact with neighbors and, and different folks. But um, what have you been finding that um, that has given you hope or have you been making connections? Yeah, it's it's been I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I always like feel like I get bored uh, with you know, like myself and like my friends just because, you know, like I know how they are, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know what kind of things you like. And it, 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 it sometimes get like, gets old, like, hey, you like this? Yeah, man, you know, I like this. Put it on and, and it's all the same and it's fine. But yeah, specifically living here, like in, in a suburb for as long as I have, I think I have uh, contact with a lot of people who really don't live the way I do or think the way I do or have the same interests that I do or whatever. But I, I kind of get more excited when I talk to people who I really don't understand because you have to kind of play this game to like really figure out who they are and why they think the way they do. Of course, like I, I'm kind of suspicious again, like about the debate thing, right? Like nobody's actually going out of a debate like with their mind changed like they yeah. just just go there and prepare they actually leave more entrenched because now they're convinced that the other person's a fucking idiot and doesn't know what they're talking about and yeah who knows what's going on around here exactly and, and and when you know some of the conversations we had like in the last year with the protests and with covid and with all of that i was like well i know how my friends feel about this and they feel the same way that i do like i get that I don't need to have a conversation about these topics with them because I know we're all, all in the same kind of boat, but I really, there's like this other groups of people who I don't get and why don't I get them? And like, I, I understand that I don't agree with them, but I really don't understand where are they coming from? And I cannot look at them like, if there are these like monsters, you know, like evil monsters in society, like they're just people who want the same things that I do, right? Like have dignity and respect and be able to provide for uh, themselves and for the, the people they love. And it's like the same exact thing. And, and I've been obsessed, like trying to go into their circles and listen to how they speak when they're not fighting, like 
the other people and see like how they talk to themselves and how they talk to the group of people they like and they agree with when they're alone. And that's been really gratifying to me. Like, I think it's good to, to put yourself into a context where you say like, what happens if I stop believing in everything I do? Not to kind of cast doubt on yourself, but just like to see like, meet people where they are, you know, yeah. like to, to entertain the, uh, the notion that you might not, uh, be the only person that's correct and everybody else is wrong and you have to correct them and you have nothing to learn yourself. And it's hard because, you know, I think that most of us would agree that there's some certain fundamental, you know, like moral, if you want to use that word, that moral aspects of, of our fights in the last years that are, it's very clear. Uh, uh, crystal clear right like where some people are just plain uh, wrong <laughs> and where certain things are good like fundamentally but still that doesn't answer our question of why these people actually exist right like why these people actually feel this way like I can understand that maybe that is fundamentally wrong but why why are they thinking the way that I do so I, I've become like enchanted with that whole idea, like really talking to these people, not in the sense of saying, hey, you're an idiot and look at this and all this information and or whatever, like trying to educate them, but like actually see like, where are they coming from with this? Like what's behind all of these things that we repeat and we say, but sometimes like we don't actually like know why we are saying it's what what came up for me when uh, a, a moment ago is I think like like going back to our word silencio like I wish there was a space where everyone could shut the fuck up <laughs> and then hang out like if we could throw a giant dance party and everybody can come and we can all dance together and you can just see everybody you don't have to like there's no talking about politics or arguing or any of that it's like you just all get to come we're gonna throw like a giant rave that will save humanity <laughs> and everyone gets to dance together we could see that there's like the common connection of like we all um, respond that's actually one of the um, I, a book i'm reading was talking about that's one of the primary functions of ritual is when you have people moving in rhythm together it's a cooperative endeavor that strengthens the communal bonds of your community so yeah how do we throw a giant rave with uh with everybody invited seven seven eight billion person rave uh and, and especially right now right like we we need to sweat against other people more than ever and <laughs> We need so to put difficult. subwoofers on the moon. That's what we do. If we put a PA system on the moon, we can just play music at Earth and then everyone can just like groove for like, you know, a little bit. Yeah, that, that actually kind of made me think about the... Have you ever seen My Dinner with Andrew? Oh my God, that's so funny that you brought it up because it's been a movie that I've really wanted to watch lately. It's always been on my list and I've never actually seen it. So. It's, it's amazing. It's just like the greatest conversation, but... Not to spoil anything, but there's this idea like... Oh, Do they get dessert? Like, Don't spoil it. No, that, that's, I won't say that. I won't, I won't answer that. I refuse. But, but yeah, like there's this little bit of a conversation, you know, like this old performance artist who would uh, have this idea of the beehive where mm -hmm. you take a group of people and you literally don't say anything about what's going to happen. 
and you lead them to a place like a forest or something. And you and the idea was like, we're not going to say who is leading this. We're not going to say who asked people to come. We're not going to say anything. We're just going to go with a bunch of people to a forest. And people just started doing the same exact thing. Like some people started dancing. Some people started to play, you know, percussions on the whatever they could find. Some mm -hmm. people would start chatting and eventually people started to do the exact same thing. And nobody was like, you know, like leading the group and saying, hey, guys, so we're going to have a fun experience right now. Like nobody was saying absolutely anything. And we all have the same instincts and have the same things. But when we start like uh, putting names on stuff, I think it's when it all gets kind of muddy and, and difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I think that synchronization is really interesting. Um, human beings, I feel like are really split. Like there's one level of our psyche, our being that we're really making the decisions and operating from. It's very emotional. It's like, what's everybody else doing? Like we're social animals, we're cued into these things. And then there's the second layer of more conscious chatter that's justifying why did I just do the thing that I did? And there's all these really fascinating psychology experiments where they use a subtle cue that people don't realize is happening. And then they ask people why they chose, you know, apple over banana, A over B. And people will give all of these like, oh, well, because I decided and blah, 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 these conscious explanations. But then ultimately it's like, no, the, the experiment proved it was this cue that you weren't even aware of. And I feel like in so much of the division happening right now, the emotional cue is pretty similar. Like we all feel alienated and we all feel like our status is threatened. We do not have the small um, communities that allow us to feel competent and secure. Like we can be really the best at something, like we can you know, make a living wage for what we're doing. And that is having a huge psychological toll on everybody. And then the response is being fed by this divisive politics. And then you, you know, you pick your color, you pick your team, and you get your talking points about what needs to change and who's the problem. But the emotional experience, I think, is is the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. I I, I kind of got a, a, a fun experience uh, a, a little bit of, of a time ago, you know, like living in the suburbs. I'm uh, surrounded with people that are older than me and who, you know, have these little kids and, and they're starting their lives and stuff. And I don't know why people in the suburbs, specifically in Mexico, love to put up fences in like really small streets <laughs> because they're really nervous about the crime and, you know, right. all, all these little thieves walking around at night. And, and I usually, I've been here all my life and I can tell you that when I walk every single weekend drunk on the, um, on the you know, uh, 3 a.m. along the streets because I walk home, I see nobody. Like, I'm literally, literally the only person walking in the streets. And I'm like, well, there's no real thieves here, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm just a drunk, you know, idiot walking around at night. And that's all. That, this is what people think it's happening. Like, they have this mythology about crime and, and, and who's going to, you know, go up their house at night. And, and I had this conversation with this woman who wanted to put a fence and close this street where I live. And I was like, okay, why do you want to do this? Oh, because, you know, uh, I really don't want to, you know, 
be unprotected and I've been hearing there's been a lot of robberies and house invasions and stuff. And I told her there's this story, right? Like I've been walking the streets at night and it's just me and like a couple of raccoons, like really you don't, you have nothing to worry about. And, and she kind of was like really weirded out about that, my, me saying that. And I was like, I w- I'm not telling you this because I want you to feel like there's no, like, nothing to fear but i'm just saying this so you know there's actually not a boogeyman right like it's fine like and 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 she started to kind of have this experience like oh well maybe i'll walk at night and see what's there and i was like great that's what you should do like actually look where you live and and see we're all like thinking the same things but there's no boogeyman really like there's no trespassing without fences. When you put that fence, then then you've created the concept of trespassing. And when you hoard possessions in your house, then you get worried about people taking them. Whereas if you were, you know, out and about and connecting with other people, then there might be the more of the the understanding of like, oh, like, what do you need? And uh, how can we support each other? But that alienation is really... um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens after this year because I think a lot of the exposure that we have to other people exists in the real world. When you have to go to the grocery store, when you have to ride public transit, when you have to um, get outside of your own little bubble. And that's one of the differences I feel between cities and suburbs is in the city, you kind of get pushed into those things more often. Like when I lived in New York, if I went for a walk in the park, I would see um, a group of people from Haiti playing cricket in the in, in the park, and then I would see this huge, big Puerto Rican family having a barbecue, and next to that is like some Hasidic Jewish people hanging out on a blanket. So I see what everybody's doing, but in the suburbs, you're used to being in your own home, getting into your car, and then driving to the place that is full of other people that are like you, and you lose these sort of connections with the larger ecosystem, which is very similar to being online. Like online, you you go from your home of Facebook and you drive in your little digital car to your email box. And then you drive to the news site that you read and you just keep circling around these familiar paths. And I'm, I'm very curious and concerned about um, how we'll rebuild trust in public interaction after this because now everyone thinks that someone is you know not just a robber not just a trespasser but like a vector of disease and like stay back i don't want you to come within six feet of me for for you know sound reasons but how do we when that was already such a weak part of our culture how do we rebuild that yeah that's really interesting and and i think that something i could say like it's specifically where I live, like there's no real social life, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no places where people congregate and talk to each other. Like people just go for coffee or to a grocery store and, and to their jobs and they stay at their house. But with COVID, I think that people got so desperate of not being out there that I actually started seeing a lot of people in the suburbs, like actually like go to their street and open their garage of their fortress looking house mm-hmm. and, and and bring their kids into the street and you would see like uh, like like the neighbors actually starting to recognize each other in the street and i think it's there's been more people in the street right now than ever in specifically where i live right so i think that's that's kind of the, the sweet thing about this that 
people are actually starting to see, oh, well, this is not like a cul-de-sac of like a haunted, ghostly cul-de-sac where nobody lives. Like there's actually more than cars, yeah, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there's kids and they want to play and they want to go around and they want to run and they like I, I've seen more, uh, I guess, public spaces now than ever. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's that's very true. Um, it's it's interesting to live in a world where you know, in New York, especially like the parks were such an important part of New York. And one of my favorite things is like, you don't have to pay to go sit on a Starbucks. You can just go sit in the park for free. But um, to have everyone at the same time realize that like, oh, I can't just go indoors. I can't go to a movie. I can't go to all of these other things that we would normally do. We just have to kind of just like go be outdoors together. Um, and yeah, I think, I think, you know, like a, if you have a, a field there's an ecosystem that's in place there. There's the grass growing, there's the other things and weeds and stuff that have taken over and and they've got a a hold on that. And if you want to turn that into a farm or a garden, you have to come in and you have to plow the soil and turn everything over, which gives uh, new things a chance to grow. And that could be invasive species and weeds are going to overtake that the second that you turn that soil if you don't do anything. But I think it also just gives us a chance to cultivate new values and new forms of connection. So... I don't know. I try and be cautiously optimistic that, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of dark paths and plenty of people that just get stuck online, uh, sucked into conspiracy theories and hate and fear. But um, I don't know, maybe in the future when we can see each other again, we can all come together to have a big live, this podcast is a ritual and go dance in the forest together. It needs to happen. Really, it needs to happen. All right. You took the leap of faith. You soared through the air. Your feet are touching down on solid ground on the other side. What is it that you want to say with your remaining time? Not to put too much pressure on, but just to give you the floor to say anything that you want to say to the good people of this ritual that you are participating fully in. (laughs) I guess I would uh, just cautiously (laughs) say that we should start talking to people we think we hate or we think we don't agree with or we have like a visceral reaction to. Just shut up and listen to them knowingly that probably we don't agree with them and we will never change our mind like in, in those specific topics. But just like kind of meet meet people where they are. Like I used to, you know, watch your ex-president's rallies <laughs> just to mm-hmm. see how how the space actually was when nobody was watching all other than their own people. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and 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 it made me look at people at those people with a different kind of kind of view. Like there is no not not those monsters or those thieves that run at night. There's just people like us and we might have a visceral reaction to them, but talk to your neighbors, like really listen to them and don't expect them to change. You're not going to change either, but it's really good to meet people where they are. That made me think of this. I forget what the name of it is. Like a Ray Bradbury short story. I think maybe it's a twilight zone episode. I think it's a Ray Bradbury short story, but um, it's like a suburb in the 1950s and 
everything loses power. Like even cars won't start. And so everyone's oh, like, really God, yeah, I know freaked out and like goes out into the street and they're like, what's happening? What's going on? And eventually they're like, oh, we're going to send two of these guys over to the, the other neighborhood to see if, if they're having the same thing. And while those guys are going to check that out, everyone just gets more and more freaked out and, and, and paranoid. And eventually when those guys come back, they get shot by the, the, the neighbors that they left behind who, have, who are just so freaked out. They see them coming out of the shadows and they're convinced they're being attacked. And so I think that there's a very important lesson there about, you know, when normal events get disrupted, it's important to remember that, um, you know, it, the shadows are scarier than the people emerging from them. Yeah, I, I, I really like that story. Yeah. It's... All right, Diego, thank you so much for joining the ritual. I'm really glad that you took this leap of faith. And like I said, everything leads to something. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, this leapfrog game of, uh, of, of leaps of faith. And for anyone out there who's listening, it's your move. I love it. Thank you, Diego. Thanks. For more of Diego's magic, check out his awesome experimental music project, Whitewood States, at whitewoodstates.bandcamp.com or on Spotify. It's easy to find. Just type in Whitewood States. And for more of the incredible connective magic that is this podcast as a ritual, y'all know what to do. Call the Wizard Hotline and leave a message. That number is 860-415-6009. Seriously. I'm a wizard. Trust me when I say this is important. Pick up the phone, take that leap of faith, and call that number. 860-415-6009. You don't need to know what to say. Whatever you're going to say will spring forth from you naturally in the proper flow of magical energy. I'm a wizard. And I'm telling you, this is some heavy-duty destiny shit right here. And we all know that when fate goes to voicemail, you gotta leave a message. I believe in you. Your magic is real. Call me. (laughs) 